This audio is brought to you by MuslimCentral.com. Dear brothers and sisters, out of the mercy of Allah is that He precedes the greatest day of the week, which is Friday, with a day of fasting and a day of reconciliation, a day of removing from our hearts and removing from our lives things that would hinder the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from reaching to us. And so we know from the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu is that we fast on Mondays and Thursdays if we can. And the Prophet sallallahu mentioned that the deeds are presented to Allah on Mondays and Thursdays. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives and accepts except for two people that have such enmity with each other that they are not talking to each other. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَنْلِرُوا هَذَيْنِ حَتَّى يَصْطَرِحَا Leave these two until they reconcile amongst themselves. Meaning Allah will not look to their deeds until they reconcile amongst themselves. SubhanAllah, we have just like Thursday to Friday, Sha'ban to Ramadan. And this is a month that the Prophet sallallahu mentioned people become heedless in regards to. And the greatest ibadah of this month is to prepare for Ramadan. You know, often you hear people talk about Ramadan like a training camp. Actually, Sha'ban is the training camp for Ramadan. Ramadan is in the midst of it all. Ramadan is where you exert yourself. You've prepared your body with fasting. You have prepared yourself with a healthy Quran regimen to get ready to kick that into overdrive. You are getting everything out of the way. And that's why we know Shaytan always tries to plant these seeds of discord and distraction right in Sha'ban. It feels like Sha'ban is the month of conflict. And then for a lot of people, Ramadan is trying to clean up a mess that started in Sha'ban. But in the middle of Sha'ban, there is something very special that happens that the Prophet said, and this is from the mercy of Allah. We know about the person who is not forgiven in Ramadan and how miserable that is because how could you miss Allah's mercy and forgiveness in the month of mercy, in the month of forgiveness? How could you not be forgiven in a month where the gates of paradise are flung open, the gates of hellfire are shut, and the shayateen, the devils are chained away? How could you miss out on the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not make us amongst them. Allahumma ameen. Because it's so easy, it is so close to you in that month. But in the middle of Sha'ban, the Prophet says that on the midnight, so we're talking about Sunday night, the 15th night of Sha'ban, because remember the nights precede the days. We have this discussion every year. The nights precede the days. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks out to his creation. And Allah forgives all of His creation, illa, except for two, mushrik aw mushahin. Someone that attributes a partner to Him, someone that does not worship Him uh, solely, someone that does not turn to Him alone and seek His forgiveness alone, and someone who has hatred in their heart, spite towards their brother or towards their sister that consumes them. So I'm going to actually talk about these two because I have spoken about them before and it becomes an annual reminder, but what I want to focus on today is the actual relationship between shirk and shahna. What is the relationship between shirk and shahna? Now we know shirk largely involves your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? That you want His forgiveness, you seek it from Him alone. 
You worship Him, you worship Him alone. You seek Him out alone. He is one subhanahu wa ta'ala. And shahna, which is hatred and spite, involves someone else, involves the creation. So it's between you and someone else. And we know that when the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that Isa will return, that Jesus, peace be upon him, will be sent back, that Isa would eliminate these two things, ash-shirk wa shahna. So there's actually a relationship there to the return, the nuzul of Isa that the Prophet ﷺ has foretold of his return and of the goodness that takes part in this earth. They are both abolished. But what is the relationship between shirk and shahna? And I actually want to start off from where we have been for the last few weeks when talking about making our intentions sincerely for Allah. Often when we talk about insincerity, we talk about loving something the way you should love your Lord. From those that set up partners to God, they love them the way they should love Allah, whether it's their desires or it's some other pursuit that you give it priority to your Lord. And so you love something so much that the love of Allah has been rendered, most likely subconsciously, secondary, right? It's secondary to your primary pursuit, the primary pursuit of your heart. But those who believe, who love Allah, their love of Allah is so strong that it doesn't negate the love of that which is permissible, but it makes the love of Allah overwhelm all other love. And in fact, love and hate become for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well. Right? So, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبًّا لِلَّهِ So we spoke about not loving something the way you should love Allah. But what about hating something so much that it takes you away from the love of Allah? And I want to start with an interesting creation, the devil himself, shaitan, Iblis. All those years of worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all those years of prostration, all those years of raising in his rank and adoring his Lord, what happened to all of that? Where did it go? Was, is there not a single ounce of that left in him? What happened to him? His hatred for Adam السلام, consumed him to a point that the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is no longer there. It removed it from him. And you might know exactly what that feels like in a more minor sense. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. When you hate someone so much that you're always thinking about them, they fill your heart. They even take up your du'as. You're making du'a for your akhirah, you're making du'a for your hereafter, and if you make du'a and they come into your du'a, then suddenly you feel your sincerity gush in your du'a because of how much you want pain for that person or bad for that person. Because sometimes it can even come into our prayers. Most people don't even bring it into their du'a. And of course, du'a al-madhloom, the du'a of the oppressed one, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never allow us to be oppressors, is accepted, right? But the point is, is that it overwhelms you. It overwhelms you. And that is significant. That your anger towards someone, your hatred towards someone, has become a greater distraction than any desire that you have. And you know, we, we learn from Al-Fulayd ibn Iyad rahimahullah ta'ala and some of the other salaf something very powerful. That whoever suffers from what led Adam alayhi salam to fall, which was shahwa, which is desire, he has more hope than the one who suffers from what led Iblis to fall, which is kibir, which is pride. It's easier to get over 
shahwa, desire, to conquer desire than it is to pride. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to conquer both. Allahumma ameen. But that's a harder thing to, to fight with, right? That's a harder thing that you have to struggle with. So where does that leave us in regards to our pursuit of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And subhanAllah, we find that just as a shirk tubtilu deen shirk invalidates deen, the Prophet said, hasad, envy, tahliqu deen it shaves the deen. So while shirk invalidates deen, shahna, which is usually born out of hasad, shaves the deen. It shaves off the religion of a person because of the sinfulness that it brings into a person's life. So what is the... What is the shahna, the particular type of shahna that the Prophet is talking about? Because there's so many words that get thrown around. The ulama mentioned that shahna is not born out of righteous anger, nor is it acted upon righteously. Shahna usually is born out of hasad, it's born out of envy. And it is when that hatred, that envy and that hatred, has overtaken a person so much that they can't see anything in terms of success and failure, except in regards to that person. And so subhanAllah, you find that Imam al-Jawzi mentions three things. He said the first symptom of it is that you love to see the person do, I'm sorry, you, you hate to see the person do well, you love to see the person get hurt. You love that person's failure. You delight in their failure, you get upset when you see them do well. You, you, you get upset in their pleasure. Something good happens to them of this world, it boils you on the inside. Something bad happens to them, it actually brings you joy. It's a sickness, right? It brings you some sort of joy that something bad has happened to them. So that's the first thing. The second thing that they mention, that you seek out their flaws. That you want them so badly to fail that you go out and you're looking, looking, looking. Let me find where I can cause failure. Let me find the flaws. And the Prophet mentions, that whoever seeks out the awrat of their brother, the flaws of their brother or sister, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will seek out theirs, right? So that's the second thing, is that you're so engaged in success and failure through them that you look for failure in them. And the third thing, the third thing, which is very relevant to Sha'ban, by the way, is that there is no notion of reconciliation or islah with that person whatsoever. Meaning what? It's either me or him. Either I'm going to die in this battle, or he's going to die in this battle. You know when, you, when, when, when the war has overtaken you that, to that extent, right? One of us is going to be left standing. And I know it sounds very dramatic, but some of us have this in our relationship with family members. SubhanAllah, our relationship with family members. If the Prophet wasallam is, is saying that <clears throat> your deeds are not presented to Allah for boycotting your brother, what about people boycotting their moms? Their moms. SubhanAllah, I can't even get it through my mind. Someone told me this yesterday. I have not talked to my mom for five years. What is wrong with you? Why? They don't talk to their parents. I'm going to boycott my spouse, boycott my parents, boycott my siblings, boycott... Imagine the gravity of that. But the hatred makes you irrational and unreasonable. And it dominates you. And it deprives you of the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How is Allah going to look at a person in Ramadan who mistreats their parents, mistreats their spouses, their siblings, their children? If Allah azza wa will not even look past the way that you treat someone who's bounded to you by deen, and you're ignoring someone who's bounded to you by deen, that's so much more severe. That is so much more severe. SubhanAllah. 
So sometimes the hatred overcomes us to where we're missing out on the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we don't even have space for it in our hearts or our minds anymore. Nor do we have any space for it in the heavens when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allots his rewards and apportions his rewards and his forgiveness. So they're deeply connected, dear brothers and sisters. And I don't want you to think about anyone else. I don't want you to think about anyone else. Think about yourself. What do you hold in your heart towards your brothers and sisters? And what is that doing to your heart? How do you fit that in that heart of yours? There's only a space that you have here. And Allah gives you an opportunity to clear it out. You want Ramadan to fill your heart with the Qur'an and with the love of the Prophet and the love of the hereafter rather than the lowly world? Empty out your heart now. Allah is offering you amnesty before you even start Ramadan. He forgives all of His creation. But you have to take those steps. And we know, subhanAllah, sometimes dealing with the Creator is easier than dealing with the creation. Right? In fact, that's usually the case. Seek forgiveness from Allah. I made a mistake. I seek forgiveness from Allah. I can do this. I can do that. But when it's with people, you know what you're really showing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That you are willing to take your ego and let it be stepped on. Go ahead and step on it. Because I want the pleasure from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to descend upon me through the heavens. Go ahead. <laughs> take it. Man you put it down for Allah, Allah raises you. Just like when you do sajda today, every time you prostrate, Allah elevates your position. You tell Allah, you show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Allah, I'm willing to forgive. Why? Because I want to be forgiven. I, I'm willing to forgive because I want to be forgiven. The month of forgiveness is coming, then I need to forgive. I need to empty out my heart. I need to get this out of my mind. I need to clear space. Because we only have a limited time in this world, and we only have a limited space in here, dear brothers and sisters. Occupy it. Occupy it with the love of Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Fill it with that. And don't you dare make those excuses to mistreat people, especially family. Allah, it breaks my heart. It really, really breaks my heart. SubhanAllah, when COVID started, we had all these discussions about families getting closer. And to see the amount of, of, of falling apart that people are having in their families, it hurts. It really, really hurts. And this is you. This is your, your dunya and your akhirah. You will not find happiness in this dunya, nor will you find it in the akhirah, in the hereafter. Of course, unless you are fully madhroom and oppressed and wronged. And in that case, seek it from Allah. But even then, even if you are madhroom, I want to ask you this question, I'll leave with this. We gave the worst example in Iblis, who became so consumed with his hatred of Adam السلام, that all the love of Allah left him. Whatever of it was there, all the worship left him because it was how come Adam السلام, has that, right? I'm going to end with the best of Allah's creation, Muhammad You know how many people wronged him? If the Prophet وسلم, were to use his dua, to make dua the entire night against those who rightfully, or those who, who, who he rightfully can make dua against, that have wronged him his entire life, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I mean, how much qiyam would he have? But you think when the Prophet sallallahu was saying, أَفَلَا أَكُونُ عَبْدًا Shakura, Let me be, go be a grateful servant. أَرِحْنَا بِهَا يَا Bilal, Comfort me with it, O Bilal. 
It was that the Prophet ﷺ was just going to go and complain to Allah about what people have done to him? Or did the Prophet ﷺ have such a pursuit of Allah that whether it was in Ta'if when people just stoned him and the blood was still coming down from him fresh sallallahu He's still looking to Allah and saying, Ya Allah, I just want your love. As long as this hatred I'm facing is not a sign, a manifestation of a lack of your love, a deficiency in your love, Ya Allah, I'm going to keep on doing what I need to gain your love, Ya Allah. So yes, the Prophet had a long list of people that wronged him, alayhi salatu possibly more than any other human being. But do you think that took him away from his pursuit and his worship and his prayer? Absolutely not. So for your own sake, dear brothers and sisters, for my own sake, let this weekend, don't delay it past this weekend, let this weekend be a time of emptying out your heart and spend the next two weeks getting ready for Ramadan with that conscious and that heart emptied out so it can be filled with the Qur'an. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to fill our hearts with the love of Him, the love of His Messenger, the love of the Qur'an. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us for our shortcomings. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to avenge us when we are wronged. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us when we wrong. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to unite our hearts, to unite our families, to unite our ranks. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to unite us physically, to unite us internally, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that these gaps that we've had to have in our salah do not become gaps in our ummah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us just as we seek tawheed, monotheism, to guide us in every way. Wahdat al-sufuf, to unify our lines, to unify our ranks, to unify our hearts. Ya Allah, we ask you that as you look out to your creation that you forgive all of us. Ya Allah, you forgive all of us for everything that we have done. And Ya Allah, you send us Ramadan to grant us a clean slate. Allahumma ameen. Aqulu qawi hadha wa astaghfirullahi lakum wa nisa'al al-muslimin fastaghfiru innahu al-ghafur rahim. Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wa lah. Allahumma fil mu'minina wa al-mu'minat wa al-muslimina wa al-muslimat al-ahya'i minhum wa al-amwat. Innaka sami'un qaribun mujibu da'wat. Allahumma aghfir lana wa rahamna. Wa'afu anna wa la tu'adibna. Rabbana zalamna anfusana wa illam taghfir lana wa tarhamna. Lanakunana min al-khasirin. La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inna kunna min al-zalimin. اللهم اغفر لوالدينا رب ارحمهما كما ربونا صغارا ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما اللهم أصلح أحوال إخواننا المنكوبين في كل مكان اللهم انصر إخواننا المستضعفين في مشارك الأرض ومغاربها اللهم أهلك الظالمين بالظالمين وأخرجنا وإخواننا من بينهم سالمين عباد الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء القربة وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروا الله يذكركم واشكروه على نعمه يزد لكم ولذكر الله اكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون واقيموا الصلاه